and welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corcor Foundation for Mental Health. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. Hello, Anita. Hi, Terry. This Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, we've chosen to profile two attempt survivors to both acknowledge how desperate and hopeless things can get with depression and to remind you, not from a bumper sticker or a meme, but from real people with lived experience, that the only way to get to better days is to survive the worst ones. What better days, you ask? Our guests asked that too. Depression makes us believe that things will never, ever get better, and that we will always be stuck in that dark, hopeless pit. But depression lies. Indeed it does. There is a critical difference between wanting to stop the pain, numbness, the persistent feeling of being a worthless burden, and wanting to actually die. There are ways out, even if you feel like you've tried everything. And stories like Mark's last week, episode 271 if you missed it, and Janine's today are proof, living proof. This episode is an introduction to Janine. We want you to hear her empowered, reflective, mature self before next week when you'll hear about her darkest day and suicide attempt. Here is Janine in an interview we recorded three years ago, giving her voice to depression. So tell me why you decided to do this if this is new. Uh, I think it's about having courage. I think I'm at a a new level of of courage to discuss things that most people would be embarrassed to talk about. That is really, I'm finding a common issue among many of us as women and men. And people are walking around ignoring it and not owning their own stuff. So I always pride myself in owning everything about me. So it's time to talk about Janine's issue with depression and her history. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. I always tell people that my life is an open book. Here we are. If your life is an open book, you have to be able to be willing to discuss every aspect of your life. I don't want any skeletons in my closet. I want them all to come out dressed all cute. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want my skeletons to haunt anybody. I don't want to be a phony or a fraud. I just want to be real as as I possibly can. With that as her intention, Janine got very real, discussing her upbringing, diagnosis, treatment choices, suicide attempt, regret, and recovery. 
She shared so much, so clearly, that in the spirit of Suicide Prevention Month, we decided to spread her story over two episodes. We start at the beginning. You know what? I believe that I've always known it as, we say, depression since I was, I'm going to say 10, 10 years old. Those feelings of feeling inadequate, of not being able to sleep at night and worrying about going to school the next day, Um, having this feeling of just ickiness and not totally understanding what it was until I grew older and I could see it in my mother and other relatives. For for me, it's so it's interesting. I was thinking about this morning. Depression for me began when the toxic people, the monsters came. That's what I, I say. I was this happy kid. I was this happy kid. And then all of a sudden the toxic voices came. Reading now from an essay she recently wrote about her childhood. By the time I was seven, I knew I was different. A free-spirited rebel with a dream. I wanted to be on the inside of the TV singing with Shirley Temple, Judy Garland, and the Jackson Five. I made my dream a reality by holding concerts in our basement for the neighborhood children, dressing up like my favorite Motown stars and singing along with their recordings. Janine was and is a bright light with a big voice. Even as a child, she won music awards and freely shared her talent. At 10, her parents became Jehovah's Witnesses. Suddenly, there was a new set of rules restricting her actions and very self. How could a dream that seemed like destiny turn so topsy-turvy? This religious organization controlled our beliefs and actions, and it changed our family traditions. Association with friends and even relatives outside of our religion was strongly discouraged. Education beyond high school, voting, and celebrating holidays was also forbidden. As a Jehovah's Witness, my thoughts and ideals were so tightly controlled that by the time I turned 12, I felt sick inside, depressed, and lost. I was a robot in a glass tower and Janine with her music was inside screaming to get out. A break came when I was 15 and someone asked me to sing for a gathering. I was ecstatic. I gave a stellar performance and the response from the crowd was thrilling. Unfortunately, Janine says the elders within Kingdom Hall were not thrilled. They told her parents it wasn't wise for her to pursue such worldly glorification. I died inside that day, not understanding what I had done wrong, and I felt both confused and angry. How could I be born with a gift and then be told not to use it? I began to hear a whisper inside me say, Janine, get out, run. But how? I was only 15. That voice returns later in Janine's journey and saves her life. But at this age, the external voices were still the loudest. But there was always people that would tell me how ugly I was, how fat I was, how how dark I, my skin was, how just I was just too black. Or there was always somebody there that always tell me, you act so white, and why do you talk that way? I've had a lot of, of verbal abuse in my life. And when you're a child and you have people in your life mm-hmm. that you are supposed to trust, you believe them. Yeah. And then you start to doubt doubt yourself. 
And it took a long time for me to finally realize I'm not all those things, but every so often those voices are in the back of my head. And I have to still fight with them. The the tape recorder plays, but it doesn't play as loud as it used to. What do you do when that starts to quiet it, to to, uh, regain you? (sighs) What do I do to quiet? Well, I do my prayer, I do my meditation, I do my reading, and I really have to do a lot of self-talk. I had gotten, I found in the last year and a half, I had gotten kind of lazy with it, but I am finding my focus again. I get up in the morning, literally, and when I lay there, the first thing I, you know, I say, I thank myself for being here. I thank, I thank my higher power. And then I have to remind myself that we all start out, just think about this, we all start in the same place. We all start out as these cute, innocent babies, okay? And then something happens along the way. I don't believe that you're born being depressed, but when you, you have these people that come into your life, you have, you know, and they and they try to take all that beauty from you, you have to remember who you are. You have to have faith and confidence. And you have to use that faith and confidence, Janine says, to challenge and reprogram those toxic messages, whether they're coming from internal or external bullies. So you really have to talk those voices out of your head. Every time a voice tells me, Janine, are you gonna, are, when are you going to get it together, girl? Or Janine, you still have more weight to lose. Or Janine... Put some makeup on because you, you're not that pretty without it. You know what I tell myself? I say to myself, I am beautiful. I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I go, you know, you know, girl, you're, you, you're looking pretty good today. Nice. And I keep on pushing and I keep t- letting myself n- know all of the wonderful things that I've accomplished in my life. Got my music degree when I was 48. I raised a beautiful daughter. I've had two great careers that I have the power to be anybody that I want to. And I have a power to get rid of all of those toxic voices. So it's, a, it's about knowing who you are as a person, learning to love yourself, and talking to yourself and, and shutting those other voices up. That's how it's been for me. Okay, admit it. There are at least a few of you listening. Thinking if Janine's depression was as bad as yours, she'd understand you can't just speak affirmations in a mirror. Trust us, she knows that. But we wanted to start with today, Janine, so that next week, when she shares about her diagnosis and near-fatal suicide attempt, you'll remember how she sounds now, 30 years later. 30 years she would not have experienced if things had gone as she had planned that spring day. Is there a song that you would be willing to sing a bit of? I sing the same song all the time, and I need to explain to people why I do. One of the people that was my worst horror growing up, I hate to say, was my grandmother. Mm. For whatever reason, she didn't like me, so she was the most verbally abusive. But yet at the same time, she gave me the most beautiful gift. One day, when I was eight years old, she came home with an album. And it was the original soundtrack from Porgy and Bess with Dorothy Dandridge and um, Sidney Poitier. So, Summertime has a, yeah. a special meaning for me now because that was the one kind, the kindest thing that she ever did for me mm-hmm. was CD and then the lyrics. 
summertime you just that song's look at the positivity it doesn't say it doesn't tell you that your mom is is beautiful but she's doing this and she's doing that it's not telling you that the weather it's telling you it's a positive song it's telling you what your life can look like if you choose and if you're in a position that you're not able to choose because whatever may be going on mm-hmm. I just believe that somewhere you're going to find your own version of what's real and good. And there's always, you know, with 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 mental illness or just almost there's always layers and layers and layers of pain there. It's helping people get past that so that they can want to live healthy and whatever version that that is for them, whether it's medication or whatever, it's there. People have to realize it's there. So, Terry, it is there, and I love that this is 30 years later for Janine to, you know, talking about Mm -hmm. this, because it does take years, realistically, to learn how to shut down both the internal and the external bullies, and to figure out what is right and healthy for you. And just like Mark Hennick, who also said that, you know, it's never just the medication, Um, or one therapist that does it, it's the accumulation, that slow accumulation of years of experimenting and finding what works for you and building and creating more positive ways of managing it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, she's done so much growth and so much learning and is in such a different place. And I just want people to know that doesn't happen overnight. It it happens very slowly over a longer Mm -hmm. period of time than I think a lot of people realize. Mm-hmm. Which recovering from trauma and so many other things do as well, right? Yes, yes. The fact that yeah. some things could take a lifetime to feel like I'm where I want to be is is okay. It's yeah. th- there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> there's nothing wrong right. with you, right? And I just love Janine's point that, well, a that there is hope, and that no matter what depression or anything or anyone else she had some really toxic thoughts of her own and then some really toxic ones come yes. at her from mm-hmm. from the people in her life whatever you're hearing um you do have value mm-hmm. and you do deserve a life worth living and those are critically important things to really take in and it can be hard i know it can be so hard i don't know that i would have believed it when i was at my worst but i'm hoping that if you're listening now you do believe it because uh, unlike depression we try really hard to never lie Mm-hmm. And next week, we will hear again from Janine, this time about her darkest day and her suicide attempt. But again, we did it in this order because we want you to remember the laughing 
interesting woman of so much depth and that beautiful, powerful voice of hers that she now has so that you don't forget that when you hear next week how hard things were. Mm -hmm. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression, or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen 